Hey there, friends, and welcome back to another week of the Creative Shop Talk podcast. I'm your host, Wendy Patton, and today I have another special guest for you. I have invited Sylvia Davis in. She is another retailer, and you seem to be loving our retailer success stories. So I asked Sylvia if she would join us. Sylvia has been a member of my Retailers Inner Circle and a member of my Level Up uh, and Accelerate Mastermind group for several years. Sylvia is the founder and CEO of Louisville Mercantile, and she has opened not one, but two different sister shops. So it's been quite a journey for Sylvia that she will share with us today. In our conversation, Sylvia shares the ups and downs and the real life things that happen, you know, when you're running a profitable retail business and all the ups and downs that happen during that. We all know about that, right? I asked Sylvia to join me today so that she would share some experiences with us on how she's managed to grow her business to a place where she's able to actually run the business and not necessarily be in the business all the time. She's a really great example of somebody who tries new things and has been really experimenting um, and not afraid, I guess, to try new things, but she's also been not afraid to delegate and don that CEO hat that I'm always talking about. So, uh, you know, that's something that we should all be really striving for. And I think we all are working towards that. And Sylvia is a great example of it. And honestly, it hasn't all been easy. Um, so I've had the privilege and pleasure of watching uh, Sylvia grow into that role. And it's, uh, again, as I said, it's been such a joy. Um, and Again, not afraid to try new things, and she's going to share some of that uh, inform- that strategy and how she thinks about business. I love how she approaches her retail business, and she's always forward thinking, and I think you'll find great value. Well, I don't think. I know. I'm confident that you're going to find great value from um, the nuggets that Sylvia is going to share with you today. Um, I really do think you're going to find that. So before we jump in, As always, I want to remind you and I want to invite you to join members like Sylvia and other really passionate and committed shop owners inside the Retailers Inner Circle. Our uh, enrollment is open right now. So it is a a staff. It's for established brick and mortar shop owners, you know, just like Sylvia who want to refine their retail business. The Retailers Inner Circle is for education, for strategy, and it's a great, great community. I'm so proud of the community that we're building in there. So, you know, you really don't have to go it alone. I promise. Pinky swear. (laughs) So we'd love to see you uh, join us. And if you join us this summer, as I've been mentioning, in August, we will be running our annual, our fifth annual, I can't believe it, our fifth annual holiday boot camp. And that has been a game changer for so many people. Originally, the uh, boot camp was my game changer. It wasn't called a boot camp. I did the work and I, it really, it just completely transformed my business the way that I did that one of the very first holidays many many years ago and retailers started asking me how I did it so we just sort of created the boot camp and it's gotten better and fresher and newer and you know every year we've done it a little bit better and uh, of course as we do and it's just a really great time this is a great time to join the inner circle so you can be part of that and do it at your own pace but with our help and our support inside that community so if you are interested and if this is something that you're 
hoping to just have a much easier and uh, not go it alone through this holiday and you want to see a little bit more profits maybe a little bit more ease and maybe have some more fun this holiday um honestly you know we can have fun honestly <laughs> you'll hear sylvia talk about you know how life can be still fun <laughs> even though we're running two shops or whatever you're doing whatever your situation is being prepared and uh, planning for profits instead of hoping for them is really what we do inside the inner circle and during the boot camp. So if you'd like to join us, it's wendybatten.com slash join. You can find my other programs and services in there. Also, if you are interested in becoming a member of the Level Up and my mastermind group, the next cohort that will be running with members like Sylvia, if that's more to your liking, if you'd really like to be in a mastermind group, reach out to me again, wendybatten.com or find me on Instagram. Let's chat. I will set up a, a conversation and I'll get you an application for that mastermind. Okay, let's get on with the show and have a notepad ready. As always, Sylvia is full of wonderful information for you. And it's uh, such a joy to have her here. I'm so grateful for her to have taken time to join us. I hope you and I know you will enjoy our conversation. So let's get to it with Sylvia. Running a retail business doesn't have to be so hard. Welcome to the Creative Shop Talk podcast, the go-to podcast for creative shop owners, studio owners, and independent retailers. I'm your host, Wendy Batten, retail business coach and mentor. Each week, I'll share simple proven business strategies, inspiring stories from fellow retailers and advice from industry experts. Together, we're going to work to find the success you want from your retail business with more profits in your till and a little more joy in your life. All right, everybody, I'm so excited to have Sylvia in with us today. Welcome, Sylvia, to the Creative Shop Talk podcast. I'm so excited to be here. I've known Wendy for oh, probably three years now and always a wealth of information. I always love to hear her talk about what she does and everyone else. So I'm excited she invited me to be with y'all today. Oh, well, we're excited to have you here because uh, has it only been three years? I feel like I've known you so long. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we've been working together for some time and I invited Sylvia on because she's a great example of growth and mindset, but you know, it's not always easy, right? I mean, we have, we all have the journey. And I think that some people just look at the, what do they call that? The iceberg analogy like that, you know, they see, oh, look, she's running two stores and everything's hunky dory. So I love talking to retailers in this series that we're doing about, you know, the reality <laughs> of going, of opening and running a retail shop. So do you want to just talk a little bit? Can you share with us a little bit about your journey? Tell us how, you know, were you, have you always been a retailer? How did you end up where you are right now? Absolutely not. This is actually something that is totally new to me. I was never, ever anywhere close to a retail store, except for going and shopping in one. And um, so my business is Louisville Mercantile. We're in Louisville, Tennessee. That's our flagship location. We have a sister store in Maryville, which I'll talk about a little bit. But the actual, the Louisville store came about, it was really crazy. Barry and I drive by this shopping complex. It's just six units in Louisville, like every day going to work. And we were just coming by, it was around Thanksgiving and saw something out front, like you had some decor things. We stopped in to say, I go like, I haven't seen this, you know, shop passing it for three years. 
And so went in there. She told me the long story short is that the unit next door is becoming vacant. I walked out of that shop and I said, Barry, I want to be a shop owner. Do you know who owns this building? Because Barry knows a lot of people in the area. He says, absolutely, I do. He calls up John and says, John, somebody wants to have a store. Can she rent the space? And in three hours, I was a shop owner. Never, ever, you know, three hours prior thought that I would. I had dabbled in crafts and done things like that before, but at the time I became a shop owner, I was working full time. I worked a lot of um, higher level positions in finance area and higher education. And so I just kind of stepped in, not knowing anything what I was doing. I didn't even have a Facebook account. I mean, I was absolutely zero on Facebook, any social media. So crazy world. And um, honestly, very thought I was going to open a quilt store because I left a quilt and that's not what I did. <laughs> Oh, I didn't know. I didn't know that part. I didn't know you opened. I knew that you opened without knowing. And that's actually not unlike a lot of people. We have these wonderful hobbies and then we, you know, just decide. I opened mine. It's very similar. I was just, I was just going to have a paint studio, right? I was just, that's just where I'm going to paint. And then it somehow became a very busy retail store like yours. But uh, so things evolve and grow. Accident, we call, we say this a lot, You, as you know, in, in all of my groups, uh, accidental entrepreneurs sometimes, right? So right. what are we getting into? I didn't realize that you decided in three hours later had a shop. But anyway, that's <laughs> really funny. And we've been working together a long time. So it's really funny. <laughs> poor Barry. <laughs> so, poor, poor oh, he's Barry. awesome, actually. He, he's been through this thick and thin and um I think he keeps working full time so he won't be my regular transportation furniture mover person. <laughs> he has some place he has to go. Plan. Well, tell, so tell us, tell our listeners about your shop. Tell us what do you do, and and so when did you open? When did all this happen? Let's 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 take them through the journey. So we opened in spring of 2016, our Louisville location. And at the time we opened, we really just cobbled in more used kind of furniture, brought in some gift areas. Our Louisville, Tennessee location, it's a town. It probably has 4,000 people in it now, but it's, I mean, between us, the bait shop and the barber shop, there is no retail there. So you had to go out to another bigger city to get gifts for friends and things like that. So that's why we came in to fill that void. And I have friends that work for me and we started redoing some furniture. And so based on that, we brought in a paint line. And so we just kept expanding. So our Louisville store now, six years later, has expanded from that one unit to three units. So we have half of that shopping complex for our shop now. And we do DIY products there. That is our DIY headquarters. Uh, we hold workshops there as well. It's our shipping location. And our big pull, pull there is the gifts, home decor, and consignment. And one of the smartest things I did was to bring in somebody, a store manager who has an interior design background, Bridget, to run that store for me, which allowed me to be a CEO. So that's the first location. Our sister location came about in 2018. And at that time, I was no longer working in higher education. I had retired and moved on to working in the business operations for a national research lab, a major, major lab here in the area. And um, my friend bought a building in Maryville, Tennessee. And so she asked me if I was interested in doing that. I said, I can't afford to do that. And she made me a deal I couldn't refuse. So the next thing I know, I had two locations, which was never in the plans. 
And I was able to go in and retire from that position. I retired to everything at real early age, just FYI. <laughs> it was a blessing. I was always in the right place at the right time. And that building was an old grocery store that was built in the 30s and it had an antique mall. So we ended up doing vintage over there. So we have two locations, but they're similar in some ways, but very different in other ways, which actually does make it a challenge. Uh, how you market to folks and how you bring in inventory and in one place, a marvel location is vendors. So we rent out space. We don't do that in our Louisville location. So it's almost like working two different businesses at the same time, but under one umbrella. Right. And so that we got a lot to pull out of that. We got a lot to share about that. <laughs> yeah. And then we went online. So during the, uh, pandemic, we actually started doing online sales and doing online. So now we're trying to go online. So in some ways, I think I have three locations to work. One's in space and two are on the ground. Yeah, absolutely. Online is a separate marketing entity. We know that. So Okay, let's unpack a few things. It is it isn't easy. Most people open a second location and it's like they rinse and repeat, right? They just duplicate what they're doing at one location. And that's not what you're doing. So uh, we and I and we've had many discussions about this and you call it the sister store because one brand, but really still under the same core brand message, I would say. You're still offering the same types of service as far as the way you offer service. So do you have any advice to anybody else who would be thinking of opening something different, like something in another similar, but not the same? You know, that's a good question. <laughs> uh, <laughs> think about what you do. Um, we made the decision and First of all, the two locations, they're in the same county. They probably attract different folks traveling because the Maryville location is on the way to the Great Smoky Mountains. So you get a lot of tourists and you get that side of the county. I live in a fairly big county where the other county will draw more from the big city. We're close to Knoxville. So mm -hmm. I've actually catered to two different groups of people in some yeah. way, I think, as far as needs even though our shops are only about 20 minutes drive time apart. Now we have people that go to both of them, but that's the one thing I think to, as a basis for this discussion, you kind of think about. One was whether we had a different name or not. And we elected after some thought process to keep it one name, just because it saved us so much time, money and effort from a social media standpoint, uh, trying to explain to people where we are. So we just really, say to folks, you know, visit one location versus the other location, you know, shopping bags, everything like that, wherever you can think about the underlying cost of supporting a business when you have the two locations, mm -hmm. be they the same or different in the way you serve people is one of the key things that I think about. I mean, it's part of my finance background, but it's also, you know, making sure that you can have staff in both places, that you train staff to work in both places that they have the right operating procedures to work from and to listen to staff about what they see and what's going on in those stores. So you know how to react differently because they are truly two different looks in my case and feel. So I don't know. I have a whole lot of guidance, except I say you really have to give it some thought on the front end about how you can move merchandise between the two stores, how you can store things in two stories and how you really control your inventory levels so they're optimized for both locations. And I think that's one of our weaknesses right now, to be totally honest, is how we go in and manage that inventory. Yes, we have an MPOS system. 
but really understanding, do you have to have the same things in both locations? Does it make sense to do that? And where do you sort of keep similar things versus digressing and having different things? Yeah. And I think that is the challenge for even with one location, just making sure we're optimizing our inventory. And I know you've been working really hard on that as far as what's selling, especially with this changing economic time as well too, right? So, and I, I'm going to pull out another thing that you just mentioned. Um, so when, share with our, our audience, you mentioned uh, at the beginning that you have a manager that helps you. So that helps you free up your time so that you can do the CEO duties. And I know that this is something I talk about a lot and I don't preach. I don't like to say I preach, but we do teach a lot about you know, really stepping into your role of CEO, because I don't think it's possible to run two locations without really stepping into that role. I think that there, it's just a recipe for <laughs> uh, exhaustion. <laughs> Maybe that's the word. And, and, and you've really stepped into that. And as you know, as your businesses have been growing and, you know, that you've been doing so well, can you speak a little bit to some of the things that you do in your role as CEO? What are the things that you're, you're doing when you're not physically in the shop serving customers because you've done it managed it so well I, I'm so, so I love <laughs> how you I love how you I love well you I love how you you educate yourself and you know some of those things yeah well I do actually stay active in groups so yeah. you know yeah. it's not like I'm on an island by myself bringing yeah. up all these ideas I learn from others and you know some things are uh, things that work well in our operations some things we would say not so well and we're not afraid to try I mean I think that's one of yeah. the things we make some calculated risk and you know life's a journey business is a journey failure is not a failure it's just a learning opportunity as right. far as we're concerned so that's the way we approach that I'm the one that spends all the time on social media so I'm the one trying to grow that I'm trying the one the person who's out there looking to say, what do we need to do? What do we need to do differently? And I don't do that by myself. So I have a VA that helps with some of our right. graphic designs. And I have a local uh, firm that also helps me do ads and try to you know, put me in the right path. I get educated enough that I can talk their lingo, but by no means is I'm techie whatsoever. So social media. Networking is another one of mine that I try to get out in the community to make folks aware of Louisville Mercantile and what we can do. And then me and my team, Emily, Bridget, and I, and there's other on the team, I'd say that those are the three core ones. We sit down and talk about where do we want to go next? What do we want to do? And brainstorm ideas. And once we kind of come with ideas, I try to run some of the details to make sure we're good on strategy and say, um, you know, what was our focus for each quarter? Where we want to be? Yeah. Um, I'll leave some of the things to them, though. I mean, I, I honestly, you know, if you think about my prior life, um, I delegated most of it. Now, I had a control. I am kind of control freak. But I trusted the folks around me to be the right folks. And so I can walk away from it knowing that whatever they do, it may not be exactly what I was going to do but they're going to do it right. And that's the way I feel about the folks that work for me today. So when I go in from a CEO perspective, I don't sit there and worry about whether they're sitting on their phones talking when a customer comes in, because I know they're not. I know they're out there doing what they need to do. They're being innovative and they're actually coming back to me with ideas. So um, that's one of the things as a CEO, I think is hiring that right team that you trust. And I've got awesome people who work for me. It's been with me for a long time. Yeah. So I'm really almost from the start. I mean, it's just crazy yeah. good. 
Yeah, that's right. You've had team members there for a while and that's empowering Mm -hmm. them and delegating. And that is like, you're not micromanaging. And I do, I do see that in what you do. You're like, man, I'm letting them do something. But what I see you do well as well in the CEO role, which I see people struggle with. And if you, if this is you listening, come back right now and listen, if you're not good at the management side of your business, because this is what happens. I think we love our shop. We're in our shop. We're hanging out, you know, and you do too. And I know you love painting and you do, you know, a lot of the products that you, you know, you're very involved with the shop, but you are taking the time to step away and like, again, not micromanage, but you've created really great P's uh, standard operating procedures, shop standards. You've created a beautiful culture and culture is something that people think of this kind of, I don't know, word that they don't know how to put down on paper, but that's part of your CEO role, right? Is I look at culture as this is how we do things around here. <laughs> this is how we treat people. This is how we display things. This is how we, you know, this is how it, we want things to feel and be and do. And you do that very well. Would you say that, um, and I guess I want to, my question, I guess, is, do you find that hard? Has that been an easy transition for you to, to do, put all of those things in place or were there struggles along the way? In some ways, I would say it's easy because I just go with the flow. I don't let the little things bother me. You know, if it works, it works. If it doesn't, we just move on and do something else. So, you know, maybe, yeah, you've had some of your frustrating days, but I'm such an optimistic person yes. about life in general I just think yeah. that comes through with the story you know what it is it is and you just do the best you can I think from customers I mean they're their our heart and soul and yeah. I'm in a southern town I'm, I'm all southern I just have to admit <laughs> it and you know it's like people are first and and the thing that comes in with our store is our customers are really our friends and we know something about the customers we don't come in and say you know when they walk in the door what do you want we just sort of have a general conversation like they're sitting on our back porch with a glass of sweet tea in their hands. Right. I mean, that's the kind of the way that we approach it. We know something about them. And honestly, during the pandemic, that was one of our growth times because we went online and we brought people together. And it's amazing the friends that were made in online, they're still with us today in our online sales. Um, I mean, they're just friends. They want to meet each other. And when they see each other in the shop, it's just like a homecoming. I mean, I think that's one of the beauties of what we do. We're just kind of like a gathering place and the people mean something to us. They're not just customers, they're people. Right. And that is, that's so great. And so that's a great segue because I did want to talk to you about the community, that community and environment that you are building, the culture that you're building. Um, And you have become, it was really awesome to watch those people online. So Sylvia would go live doing Facebook live sales, like many of you did (laughs) going online with her team. And and you'd see these conversations happening in the comments of your, you know, of your, of your page. And it was so fun. Like Sylvia would be up there saying, Oh, Bert, I've got this beautiful thing for, you know, you're going to love this and upcoming, we've got something else coming up and they'd all be talking, Oh, Susan would love this. And they're all like chatting amongst themselves. It was really beautiful to watch and it's been fun to continue to watch that happen but also I know that happens inside the shop and that emotional connection I think is what you do very well um and again like you said I don't know I'm just sitting on my back porch with me you know or whatever right so it's not strategic but it is I guess when we talk about strategic planning 
for your business and your business growth. I know that that's natural to you, but it's also a good lesson for everybody else to understand that it's the emotional connection. Customers buy because of emotional connection, which you're building. And I think, yeah. Yeah. And tell their friends about us, you know, and bring their friends. I mean, it's always fun when you have a a customer friend, as I would like to call her, a friend customer, uh, and they're bringing their friends, you know, they're in the area or it's like, we wanted a girl's trip out and we wanted to come see y'all shop and we'll go to both locations. So they'll stop at one and then I'm going to take them over to the other one. It's, It's just fun. What have you found a big struggle or one of the hardest struggles for you personally? About, business, um, about running your shops? I think the sense of responsibility I have to make the right decisions because I employ people. Right. And yeah. I worry about my team and making sure that they feel comfortable enough that, you know, they're not going to have to worry about their paycheck next month and that they have opportunities to grow. So I think that weighs on my mind significantly is that I care about the people who work for me and I want to make sure that they're having the best life from a work standpoint that I can provide and that they have a healthy life balance. So um, we're all just really honestly like family. We pick in, pitch in for each other when someone's out. People can work and move between two locations. They're just always there to help and um, they give so, so much to me that I just it might tear up now <laughs> that I feel just so, so responsible for them and their happiness. Yeah. So I, I think that's what weighs on me more than anything. Yeah. And I think that comes through to your customers as well, too, because you're, we don't use an insider inner circle. Um, Sylvia has been part of my inner circle and mastermind group. And um, for a long time, we don't use the word employees at all. And I, I didn't actually do that on purpose. Like that's not co- uh, conscious of me, but it's just, it's because we're growing teams and, and, and there's a, there's gotta be a word in between team and family, right? We need something a little bit yeah. better, I think even, <laughs> but that's what I see, you know, especially in this day and age, people want to be part of something awesome and you're building something awesome. So your customers want to be part of that. Your team wants to be part of that. Your, you know, your employees, whatever, you know, whatever we're calling, you know, all the, that, that community <laughs> that you're, you're building. Um, and you know what, even, you know, even our family and friends, like Barry wants to be part of that. And Tilly, who's probably sitting <laughs> on your lap right now, who's her, her dog, who's, who makes a lot of, <laughs> is Tilly is probably right on her lap right now. So it's so funny, but she's so cute. And you got to go to, onto, onto Sylvia's pages to see Tilly every now and then, but it's, it's, family, right? It's all family and it's all works together. And, and I think that's what, um, that is what differentiates you and other small businesses. And it's not easy. Like I said, that iceberg analogy, it's like, you know, there's all this weight on your shoulders and decisions to be made. And it's also, and we talk about this a lot, a, you know, new level, new devil. I, I don't know. I say that that's not the right way, but there's always new things to learn. There's always the next level of education. There's always, something else comes up. There's always another pandemic. <laughs> there's always economic downturn and there's always the something that's coming up and we, and you've adapted so beautifully. I think it's just been um, beautiful to watch you, you know, grow and put that CEO hat on uh, and staying in integrity and keeping your culture going. And that's, what's attractive to people. And I want people to hear that. I want them to build that for their own businesses. 
I think it's important. I think you do a you're a very good example of doing that well. well right? Thank you. So, yeah. <laughs> so if there's one thing you could share with retailers that are listening, shop owners that are just like you growing their businesses, do you have one piece of advice or one action step or something that you think that would be that we want people to walk away and remember? Well, I come back to, I think what our conversation has been, you're only good as good as the people that surround you. Mm-hmm. And one of the oldie but goldie books, I love the book, Good to Great by James Collins, yeah. Jim Collins. Um, and one of the things that has stuck with me, I don't care whether I was working for a billion dollar or multi-billion dollar company, or whether I'm working for Little Louisville Mercantile, um, it said you had to have the right people on your bus and they had to be in the right seats. And you don't go out and just hire just anybody. I mean, you make a calculated decision that the person who comes in is not a warm body. They are a body who can help your business. Uh, you're better off not having that body and having a body who doesn't work with your team, who doesn't fill the seat in the right, I mean, sit in the right seat for your, your team deliver what you need for that team. So I think, you know, sometimes we just get where we think we have to hire a person because we need a person. Sometimes that could be the worst thing that you ever do. So I think having the right people on your team, on your bus, in the right seats, is where I would um, tell people that they need to be. That's, um, that's excellent advice. There's a lot of money into training people and hiring people that, you know, that's one of your probably biggest costs to payroll. And so I, I think that's kind of critical. You know, you can have the most competent, the most brilliant, the most outgoing person on your team, but if they don't work with your other team members, you don't want them. I mean, you got to make some um, decisions that's for the best interest of your team. I love that. I think that's really great. And speaking of team, I'm going to put a plug in if that's okay. Yes, go ahead. So team can be people who aren't actually working for you. So, uh, with Wendy's mastermind, five of us have gone together to collaborate and try to grow our businesses. So your team doesn't have to be a person on the payroll. They can be somebody that's a friend, a business acquaintance, or someone with similar in- interests. So if you're a DIYer and you're a home decor type person, um, me and my team, <laughs> they're going to laugh at that. We'll invite you to come join our new Facebook page, the DIY House Party. So we have folks from Pennsylvania, California, Kansas, Tennessee, and Kentucky in there, and we would love to have you. So I'm sure Wendy will put a link in for us. <laughs> Absolutely. Or she'll cut us out of the podcast. I don't know. <laughs> no, we'll, we'll make it happen. And, you know, I think that's a really great, first of all, that's a that's a great plug. Way, way to go, Sylvia. <laughs> that's really good. I'm always telling Sylvia, you have to talk about this group more often in more places. So there you go. I'm glad you spoke about it. That's awesome. So, and, and that is is uh, I believe, and I've, and I've seen this happen um, with our mastermind members inside our group. And like you, they're, they're, they're five mastermind members that have collaborated, but also become good friends and you kind of know each other. And it, there's a, like the team or the bus, <laughs> the bus gets filled with not just people that work for you, but people that you surround yourself with, as you mentioned in the good to great book. Um, and so you surround, you've kind of like surrounded yourself with some good um, fellow shop owners. Uh, hopefully you feel that inside the mastermind group. And then they've sort of subdivided, not subdivided, but they've created their own. This group is amazing. So 
We'll put a plug out. Definitely, if you're a DIYer and you want to join Sylvia and, well, the rest of them, there's five of them, uh, representing, yeah, you are all over the country, aren't you? Pretty much coast to coast, coast to coast (laughs) in the country. So it's wonderful, wonderful. And it's a great example. I'm going to just plug, I'll plug you guys, but I want to just sort of plug that notion of, um, collaboration and again whether it's with your team whether it's you know your two shops together whether it's whatever uh, a fellow business owner you've gotten together and collaborated with your strengths and it's wonderful to watch and grow uh, and and grow your businesses together so that's beautiful collaboration is i think a really great way to market our businesses and um And that's a whole other podcast. We'll talk about it another time, but we'll definitely plug your DIY house party Facebook group. If you're just listening and I want you to check out the the show notes, we'll definitely have that there for you as well too. So thank you, Sylvia. What's next for you and your business, you or your business, anything that's what, what are you most looking forward to as we're coming into the holiday season? What are you excited about? Well, the exciting part is that we're actually going to have a customer appreciation event. We're in process of planning, right? that right now in September and it's not a sales event it is like a true customer appreciation we want you to come out and have fun with us have a party with us and um, you know there's gonna be lots of food if you live in the south like we do every good event has to have lots of foods so there'll be a lot of foods there'll probably be some food trucks you know if we can get music or something like that but it's really going to be more of a celebration it's not like coming to our shop and by because we really appreciate what they do so that's the fun part the not so fun part which is puts back on that ceo hat is all about strategic planning so we're really trying to look especially now and how to grow revenue streams so we're focusing on our diy we carry a lot of diy products and workshops so we're trying to grow that we're working on online and then um just keeping customers inside the shop just, just regular routine business as we go into the holiday season. So the party's the fun part. The strategy is the needed part. And so that's what it looks like the rest of the year for Louisville Mercantile. Yeah. Strategy can be fun. We can have fun with that. We have lots of fun. <laughs> we'll, we'll have fun <laughs> planning strategy. We'll do that. So, I mean, strategy is, I don't know. I think we over, we overthink it, but you're right. We have to always be thinking. And I guess we're just all learning to adapt all the time with all the, all the challenges always being thrown at us. It's, it's never yeah. done, is it? It's never easy peasy. That's <laughs> no, what makes life. That yeah. makes it exciting though, too. Yeah. Somebody, you're always trying to figure out what the next great thing is and yeah. how to capitalize on what you already have. That's right. And you, and it, you do it so well. And I, again, it's wonderful to see you do it with your team you do it with your team, your internal team, you do it with your, with us and our coaching groups, you know, you run things by, you know, and again, it's good to have, we can't be on an Island. So I love that you strategize with lots of different um, and take that advice. And, you know, we can kind of filter that down through our, our, our needs and wants. Right. So it's wonderful. It's wonderful yes. to hear that. So. Yeah. It's well, awesome that you have people with you that aren't like you. And I think that's really important. So you see a broad range of ideas. So yeah. Team is all about team. Yeah. And I would even uh, add to that a little tiny bit of even our team, like part of our team is our, our clients, right? So sometimes pulling a segment and surveying or whatever it is we're doing to really, what are their needs? We, and if you've been listening to the podcast for a long time, you know, I'm always saying what, you know, what are they thinking, feeling, doing? Cause it changes too, right? So 
That's right. Getting different, you know, different customers' needs change and our needs change and their needs change. It's, all, it's always changing, right? But that's what makes it exciting. So it's all good. So, uh, so thank you so much, Sylvia, for your time today. I know you're busy. I appreciate you so much. Very, very busy person uh, putting, doing your CEO work with your two shops. So I appreciate you being here. Where's the best ways, best place for us to send people to check out your shops? Uh, I would say go to shoplewisfulmercantile.com as our webpage, and you can see everything we have there. You can also go to your Google and Apple store and download our app. We actually have an app that you can shop from. You can do it for our live sales, and you can um, come visit us. So if you're in the Knoxville area, if you're headed to the Smoky Mountains, come to Louisville or come to Maryville. Come to both. (laughs) <laughs> and visit our locations. We'd love you to know, see you. You know it's going to be fun, right? <laughs> so oh, yeah, it's always going to be fun. <laughs> yes, I know your shops are are fun and awesome. So, and you are the first person to actually invite people in to come and see them. It's so funny of all the interviews I've done, which is funny because that's what we do, right? We invite people. So there you go. We'll have all of Sylvia's information, including her address. So you can drop on in. <laughs> so, and have some fun with Sylvia and her teams. And we'll have all of that in the show notes for you. So thank you so much, Sylvia. Appreciate you. Absolutely glad to do it. All right. We'll see you soon. Hope, hope I help somebody. <laughs> yes, I'm, I know you will. So I, I will tell you that one of the most popular downloads that we always have are retailer stories because people want to hear the story. So thank you for sharing yours. I find I'm always hesitant to ask because I know how busy everybody is, but your stories are so valuable to other people. So nobody likes hearing Wendy prattle all the time. <laughs> so it's great to hear other people's experiences. So thank you. I appreciate you. Thanks, Sylvia. Thank you, Wendy. Well, that's it for this week's episode of the creative shop talk podcast i'm so glad that you're here to join us this week and i hope you found value in what we're sharing here i want to remind you that our website has all of the show notes you can find it at wendybatten.com slash podcast everything that you need to hear about today's podcast is there also an opportunity if you need to reach out to me if i can support you in any way whatsoever please feel free to reach out make sure you join our rockstar creatives facebook group we will continue the conversation over there weekly so thanks for joining us please leave a review subscribe if you can and never miss an episode we hope to see you back here again next week thanks my friend have a great week